Hi, my name is Zakaya, and welcome to my podcast, Evolutionary Perceptions of God, the Evolutionary Stages of Higher Levels of Enlightened Awareness of Our Concept of God. Now, the most basic level of divine awareness actually exists within nature. The flora and fauna of this earth are basically and instinctively connected to the divine essence of creation. Animals and plants and the mineral mineral kingdom do not seek to grow, so to speak, or to understand anything because growth and improvement are just a natural desire and an inevitable activity of the existence of creativity and our natural creative nature and our natural creative nature to desire improvement. The natural state of instinctive nature is better and more and better and more and better and more. Very simple. There's no real, you know, sort of concept of God or anything greater than you in nature because nature is the first expression of God's source, so to speak, through creation. And in the nature kingdom, death and rebirth are just life in general and really no big deal. Unlike the grand dramatic importance that we humans place upon death, which there is no death, um, and how we make everything a life and death matter, and even the biggie making it an eternal matter that if I do this wrong or right, my eternity will be threatened. Essentially, nature does not see itself separate from source. It is 100% connected to source creation, which is why we love nature so much. Because when you connect to nature, you connect to your source frequency. You use nature as an excuse to connect to source. Now, humans have the ability to perceive themselves as being separate from other people, separate from God, separate from nature, separate from the Creator, and the ability to be one with nature humanity and the creator which is really us and humans have the ability to self judge themselves as being better than or lesser than other people and things even compare themselves to god or even nature so the concept of a supreme creator was a natural so to speak evolution as well as the imagining of countless gods that are, you know, in control of this, that, and the other thing, especially when a person could see or experience something or someone bigger and stronger or wiser and more powerful than them. Case in point, nature. <clears throat> the other progression was the ability of humanity to perceive itself as being unworthy and needing to prove itself to this God that humans created outside of itself or to prove itself to the gods. Nature and catastrophes were perceived as being controlled by the gods, you know, in retribution for our goodness or badness, and the idea that we needed to prove our worth to appease the wrath of the gods. Anyway, humanity thusly created its own concept of God similar to their parents, whereby if they acted in pleasing ways, they were granted love and favor. But if they acted in non-pleasing ways, they would be punished here on earth or in the afterlife for eternity. Hence the concept of the angry, jealous, envious, insecure, judgy 
kind of gods, and then the concept, you know, uh, uh, later on that there was only one true God, and the one who got the right God right, well, then they got it right, and they got eternal heavenliness, and if they got it wrong, you got eternal damnation. And one of the first natural progressions of evolution for humanity uh, who, who has the ability to perceive itself separate from other things was the worship of nature and the edification of aspects of nature, um, such as the sun. Paganism and Wicca and the Celtics and others, similarly, and of course native, native tribes, uh, First Nations tribes, uh, were able to see and feel divinity within nature because they were always connected to nature. And therefore, they were able to see and feel divinity within themselves, if they were smart enough anyway and connected enough, because they were a part of nature. Uh, you know, there was no separation between the natural world and their tribe and themselves as, as a community. Uh, to the pagans, the concept of God was less separate from themselves and part of everything. Uh, God, so to speak, quote-unquote God, so to speak, was in all creation. And so nature was worshipped and honored and was not seen as just something to conquer and subdue and exploit. So while more nature-based tribes on earth uh, stayed connected to nature with varying levels of awareness or complete lack of awareness of their own divinity, most humans on planet earth at this time still perceived God to be very separate to them. The onset of then Christianity uh, in Islam, etc., took the concept of separation from God to a whole another level. And instead of the wrathful gods punishing on uh, uh, gods, plural, punishing us on earth with natural catastrophes, these wrathful gods got honed down to just one wrathful God, one jealous God that is watching and judging our every move. So the general concept of the gods or the one God has been for millennia and still to this day a belief that God is an interventionist controlling God that if we do what we're supposed to do and be good little children, well then Father God won't spank us and whip us and torture us and ground us, but, but instead will treat us nicely. So, to use a classic analogy, this is the Old, the Old Testament God. He was supposedly an insecure, jealous, punishing parent. But then Jesus, a.k.a. Yeshua ben Joseph, comes along and dispels that myth that God is not a jealous judge, an insecure, controlling bastard, but is rather an unconditionally loving God. But humans haven't really accepted that concept yet because they still feel separate from God and feel unworthy and believe they need to be punished because they haven't, you know, they've hurt people and done bad things. So to sum up the evolution of humanity, humans believed they were separate from God and nature and from each other. And they perceived themselves as being unworthy or lesser than God and lesser than other humans who had more power or more creativity, etc. than them. And they perceived themselves as being helpless and powerless because it appeared that shit just happens to us and we have no control over our own reality. And so, logically, God must be controlling everything, right? 
And if I acted in certain pleasing ways, then this interventionist uh, God or gods would give me a happy life here on earth, or if not here, then in the afterlife. But as we have evolved, the concept of an interventionist God has, hopefully, and will continue to drift away, but it has drifted away considerably because it seems pretty obvious that God isn't intervening in our lives uh, there isn't intervening in the lives of the lowly humans anymore and doesn't seem to be very interested in what we are doing anymore and uh, certainly not saving us from our wicked ways. Humans generally do what they are told to do, to act correctly and follow the commandments and bow down to the judging Father God. And for some this seems to work to some degree. It gives them some degree of peace in order because they feel some sort of alignment at least with the other people in their religion that have similar beliefs and because they are potentially doing good things which feels good to do good things because of course you know it feels good to do good things while others it doesn't seem to work at all uh, they do what they're told to do and act as they're told to act but are not happy and not thriving and not prospering while other people who are not following the rules are thriving and prospering and are even happy, which make, doesn't make any sense. So the old concept that the gods would favor you on earth if you were good, transition to God would favor you in heaven if you were good on earth. So God was supposedly no longer intervening in normal human life, but would finally intervene when you died and grant you eternal bliss or eternal punishment if you played your cards right. Or wrong. So the concept of an interventionist God and we're all puppets on a string is definitely wavering and disappearing from the human concepts of God. At least hopefully anyway. <laughs> it's becoming pretty obvious to even the most die-hard Christians that we are on our own down here. That we are all in charge and no one is coming to save us. That's why the heaven concept has become so strong. God isn't burning bushes anymore, or creating plagues, or turning water into wine, and you know, to, to kind of control us. And so people hang on for dear life to the afterlife concept that we have no control over what goes on down here, but we have control over what happens when we die. The next stage of evolution is the concept that we are not separate from God, or nature, and God is not controlling life on earth or in heaven, and we are, in fact, dun 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 dun, extensions of God. We were made in God's image, and because we are extensions of God, that means we have the power to create what we want, and we are assisted with this creation by a force called the law of attraction. In other words, Old Testament religion. God is separate from us. And God is a wrathful, judgy, insecure God, and we must prove our worthiness to be granted favor by dad or be punished if we are bad little children. New Testament religion. God is love, not an insecure judge. And God's, God loves us 100% unconditionally. That was Jesus' message. Without exceptions, we are loved unconditionally without conditions attached. You can be a total dick and still be loved. 
And we don't have to prove our worth to God or anyone. And all is forgiven. And in fact, there was nothing ever to forgive. This was the unconditional love message that Jesus taught that all is, con is forgiven unconditionally. And you don't have to believe that Jesus is some sort of savior and the only God kind of bullshit. You're forgiven. You always have been forgiven unconditionally. <clears throat> Not all is forgiven if you believe in me. The unconditional mass of Jesus was you know, bastardized by the religious leaders to mean that God was love, but only if you believed in his supposed only son and still follow the Old Testament commandments plus all the other old rules. Then you could slip by the bouncers through the pearly gates, but if not, well, sorry, it's eternal hellfire for you. So basically, the religions just couldn't let go of their beliefs in their own unworthiness and couldn't let go of the outdated concept of an interventionist punishing condition, you know, conditional, insecure God. And they totally missed the whole idea of an unconditionally loving God, which, is, of course, was Jesus' message. And sadly, religious-oriented people don't understand that if, you know, it is impossible for God to be judgmental because then it would feel good when we are judgmental. And it does not. It feels like crap when you're being judgmental. If God was judgmental, then when we are being judgmental, we would be in alignment with God. So it would feel good to be a judgmental prick and we would feel the presence of God then when we're being assholes. But the opposite is true. It feels bad to be judgmental because we feel disconnected from God because God is unconditional love, not judgment, hellfire, and brimstone. So to continue my summation, the New Age spirituality that really began with the pagans but was renewed in the 1920s and 30s and then the 60s and then the 80s and especially through channeled teachings that came direct from source through humans that were open enough to allow these, these teachings, really brought through an entire new level of evolution and spirituality. And this spirituality has progressed way beyond all of those old limited concepts of God and made it extremely obvious that there are more things in heaven and earth than our philosophies have dreamed of, Horatio. And it should be pretty obvious by now to anyone with an open mind, and open heart, that this is not the only planet in the universe. And we are not the only creations in the universe. And for those who are willing and able to open their minds and hearts even further, can progress to a much higher level of spiritual evolution where they can consider and even master the concept and the knowing and the truth that all is God. We are all God. We are all source and nothing and no one is separate from source and we are all 100% empowered to create whatever we want with our thoughts and therefore our beliefs and then the law of attraction jumps and does whatever we want that's the unconditional essence of creation and the unconditional essence of God so to speak and understand the force that controls this entire creation is the only real law in the universe, and that is the law of attraction. It simply states that 
which is similar in nature, in vibration to itself, is attracted, or simply like attracts like. <clears throat> or those things which are vibrationally similar in nature will be attracted to each other. So that means the whole concept of intervention uh, goes out the window, which also means the concept of victimhood goes out the door because the law of attraction is a law for everything, for all creation. It is unconditional in nature without exceptions. It's not the law of attraction for some, but pure random chance uh, or interventionism uh, for others. But the great thing about the law of attraction it is it makes everything and anything possible. It even made all of those old world Neanderthal and then Old Testament and then New Testament religious beliefs possible. Because whatever you believe, whether it is real and true or not, the law of attraction is unconditional in nature, just like God's source is unconditional in nature. And if you wholeheartedly believe that God is a plate of spaghetti, then the law of attraction will prove to you that that is true. Or, if you believe you must follow a set of rules and regulations and commandments, and then you will experience a happy, prosperous life, and God will grant you favor, well, the law of attraction will graciously show you that you are right. But where it all goes wonky for people is when they start to evolve and grow and expand, but then they hang on for dear freaking life to the old religious concepts and beliefs that no longer serve them. They've gone past those beliefs. And so they doubt their faith, and they doubt the, their concept of good and evil and right and wrong, and then they get confused, especially when they see good people struggling, including themselves, even though they are following the rules that are supposed to make sure that they don't struggle. And they see good people experience tragedy, etc. While at the same time they see what appear to be bad people thriving and prospering and even being happy. Even though they have said basically fuck you to those religious rules and commandments. That's why people are hanging on to the belief that my reward for all of this struggle will be in the afterlife. Then it has become a competition for who has struggled the most. And people erroneously believe that he who struggles the most will be granted the most favor in heaven. <laughs> but that is an absolutely ludicrous concept. What logical reason would God have to make you struggle? And the fact of the matter is that if you are struggling in any way, you will feel terrible because God's source does not struggle. And God is not interested in you proving your worth by how much you've struggled. And if you try to prove your worth to God with being good, a good little struggler, uh, you will feel separate from God because God's source is only always focused on ease and grace. And prosperity and abundance and, and, and goodness. <clears throat> Source is always and only focused on your prosperity and your joy and your well-being. Source is only focused upon your divine perfection, not on your supposed faults, which you do not have any. So, cling to your old beliefs if they still give you a sense of peace. But if they do not, and they only evoke a sense of conflict and confusion and doubt within you, well, then maybe it's time to take a leap of faith to a much higher level of enlightened awareness 
<clears throat> where you at least start to believe in your own divinity and power to create whatever you want. And the belief that you are here for the joy of creation, not to prove your worth to an insecure, jealous father figure of a god. And step into a much more fun idea that you and God are one. And in fact, you are God. And God loves you completely, 100% unconditionally. That's no conditions attached. And never ever judges your behavior for any reason. Because everything is attraction. There's no such thing as assertion. There's no such thing as a victim. And whatever you want, God's source is 100% behind you, helping you be, do, or have it unconditionally. And none of your desires are ever judged as being wrong or bad or sinful or unreasonable or impossible or that you don't deserve those desires, etc., etc. If you can step into that quantumly higher enlightened awareness, then you will experience the infinite joy, well-being, abundance, and empowerment that God, Source, and the entire universe of creation wants you to be and do and have in your life easily with zero struggle, no sacrifice, no need to prove your worth because your worth has never been in question. All right. I hope you enjoyed that vodcast because that was kick freaking ass. If you got something from it, and I know you did, please comment, share with your friends, bless them with these amazing teachings. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube so you can get notifications and new videos. Come visit me at zakyron.com for more self-empowering goodies to help you create and attract the happiness, health, and wealth, and abundance, and freedom that you desire. My name is Zakyron, and I help success-minded people create the happy abundance and freedom and fun and joy that you want. Thanks again for watching this video or listening to this podcast, and I wish you immense joy and abundance and lots of fun on your magnificent journey of divine creation. And remember to make life a holiday. Woohoo!